Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Greensburg. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Decatur County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Nigel Hammer right over there with a special guest on the 93 WIBC hotline. Rick Snyder is the president of the Fraternal Order of Police Lodge 86. He joins us. Rick, I wanted to get you on the show to talk about what we're hearing from the state police as well as the assistant chief of police calling out the criminal justice system. Not just prosecutors, but judges. The whole system here in Marion County. And we're going to do that. We're going to get to that in just a moment. But I want to let you give your perspective on this situation where two officers have been charged for that shooting of the guy in his driveway that took place uh, New Year's Eve into New Year's Day. Yeah, guys, I think it's a, a, a terrible example uh, that reminds us that anytime officers are required to use force, especially force to defend their lives against any perception of a of a deadly threat, it's, it's a tragedy for everyone involved, not just the uh, subjects that the officers are interacting with, but for the officers and their families as well. And I think what we're finding in this situation, and as people learn more about what the actual facts are uh, relative to the context of how this occurred, I think uh, people are seeing that it really starts to become a classic case of a 2020 hindsight type of case, meaning this is that much of the information that you've heard, uh, just quite frankly, as you just relayed, the guy in his driveway, none of which was known until after the fact. And I think that it's uh, vitally important that the community keep in mind that facts matter and you got to stay focused on what the officers knew at the time um, rather than... uh, uh, holding them accountable for information that was learned after the fact. It's, it's to, the, to the extent that even the U.S. Supreme Court has strictly forbidden any type of analysis or judgment of officers' actions, uh, utilizing information that was learned after the fact, yet that's what's been relayed through the media uh, by plaintiff's attorneys and others as well. As it relates to the charges filed against the officers, this was done through a grand jury proceeding. I think it's important to remember that no one knows exactly what was pers- what was presented in terms of information to the grand jury and what information was not presented. Uh, we look forward to learning that uh, as the facts and circumstances in this are fully evaluated in the court of law. But it's important to remember that uh, uh, the Marion County prosecutor, especially this prosecutor here, is under no obligation to present any evidence to the grand jury that outlines any defenses of the officers. And so uh, that's why we've said it's a half-baked case. I think when the facts come out, we'll see that we should never have been in a criminal court of law to begin with, um, and that this will have a chilling effect on officers within Indianapolis and the actions that they take. Listen, again, the Supreme Court made these decisions uh, because they know that no officer should be in the having to second-guess themselves in the very split second they're having to defend their lives. Nobody should, as a matter of fact. And especially officers who are sent out there uh, to do these things on our behalf, to investigate uh, calls uh, for service, to investigate possible crimes, and to also assist and help those folks who are in need. No officer should be hesitating in that moment because more people can be hurt 
And, and just as importantly, they should also shouldn't be worrying about politically motivated officials and what the ramifications of their actions are going to be. That's why the Supreme Court impaneled uh, these types of rules to judge their actions. Rick, just by listening to your answer right there and the way that you've described things, I'm not sure if you can answer this or not, but it feels like there's more evidence in this specific situation than what was presented at the grand jury. Is that a fair assessment? Well, I think I think you go by public statements, right? Prosecutor Mears said in the announcement of these charges that this case was going to be about reasonableness. That's good because that's exactly what the Supreme Court uses as their basis for judging the actions of the officers. But it, just as importantly, is there has to be firm, fair, and consistent review of those actions. And that analysis has to include the full context. Remember, you have to answer the questions. Why were the officers there? What were the actions that the subject took? And then what were the officers' reaction to that? Listen, what you have been presented with publicly is this this uh, false flag narrative uh, that officers uh, shot somebody in their grandmother's driveway while they were asleep. None of That's not correct. Information was learned after the fact that this turned out to be a known subject, but the officers were sent there in response to a call for help. And again, they're responding to actions that are presented to them. And I think the biggest basis for this is otherwise you're, you're really saying is it being suggested that these officers, um, you know, simply awoken the subject by opening fire on someone sleeping in the driveway. I think the question is what changed, what happened and uh, a firm, fair, uh, consistent review of, why the officers took the actions that they took. Final thing I will say on this, it's been very unfortunate in all of this. Plaintiff's attorney in a press conference immediately injected the the factor and the issues of race into this discussion. Nothing Mm -hmm. can be further from the truth. There's been nothing to suggest that race played a role in this at all. Yet he said that these officers um, uh, suggested that they took their actions because this was a black male in a violent neighborhood. To do so means that one of the two officers charged who happens to be a black male he is suggesting that he took his actions because of racism toward a black male in a neighborhood. I think it's it's a farce. I think it's it's uh, unnecessarily adding uh, to the discussions that are occurring, and uh, we can do better than that as a community. And Rick, you you mentioned this earlier. No officer should have to second guess their actions in the split second that they are trying to defend their lives. Like you said, that could cost them their lives. It could cost other people that are trying to protect their lives. And not to mention that if I'm somebody thinking about joining the IMPD and you guys are already short-staffed, your recruiting goals have not been met, if I'm somebody that's seeing what's going on right now with the prosecution of these two officers and, and wait, they only had two or three seconds to, to make a decision here and now they're, they're uh, being prosecuted, that would not make me want to immediately go and sign up to be uh, an IMPD officer. Well, and I think it proves the point that, listen, when cops believe that they'll start going to prison for doing routine police work, they will stop doing routine police work. And when cop families believe that they're going to be, again, to be harassed, sued, threatened, all these other things for the dangerous work that officers are doing on our behalf, they'll stop doing those dangerous things. And that's why we say this, that while the outcome of this incident was unfortunate, nobody is debating that. It does not make it criminal. So we're confident that now that it's reached the level of a criminal court, that a jury will see that the actions of the officers were reasonable. But to your point, Nigel, it's why we also said in our statement today that we congratulate Prosecutor Ryan Mears for being the top recruiter 
for police agencies outside of Marion County as our <laughs> yeah. Indy officers yeah. are heading for the exits. It could be why you have over 300 officers uh, short on the IMPD and why they are fleeing to go to other agencies. Listen, they will go to other communities where they don't have to fear going to jail for simply doing their job. And uh, that's what's a, that's what's occurring here. Listen, surrounding agencies are ordering their officers not to take police actions within Marion County or even follow criminals into Marion County because they're concerned about the bogus actions that this prosecutor will take toward their officers. What's that mean, guys? It means that this prosecutor is artificially creating a sanctuary city for criminal offenders, violent offenders, and lawlessness. Now, listen, to your earlier point, this has been generated and brought up now by multiple groups and individuals, not just us as the FOP. Remember, the FOP voted no confidence, not just in this prosecutor, but also our Marion County criminal court system. We then had the Indianapolis mayor, don't forget this, who said he has no confidence in this prosecutor to the extent that he's making his own city prosecutors to expressly bypass the Marion County court system and the Marion County prosecutor, of which Mayor Hogsett called it a revolving door, finally, his <laughs> words, and he's taken it to the federal level. You also have an assistant chief of police who has said that the police are doing their job in Indianapolis, but he and our city need the criminal court system and the prosecutor to do their job. And then just this week, you have the superintendent of the state police say that not only is the system broken, but it's broken so badly, guys, that it threatens our society if, if something does not happen. So we can no longer shrug this off. It begs the question, where do we go from here? And Rick, listen, we've let everybody know how we feel about the prosecutor, Ryan Mears. We've let everybody know how we feel about the mayor, Joe Hogsett. But it's more to it than that. It's some of these ridiculous judges. And most recently... The thing I think that really put guys like Doug Carter, the superintendent of the state police, over the top was a Holcomb-appointed judge named Jennifer Harrison, who's got a history of going soft on crime here in Marion County as well. So when we're talking about all the reasons why things are a dumpster fire in Marion County, I think it's important to talk about some of these judges as well. Well, and here's the point, guys. Uh, Obviously, I've been doing it. I've been doing it publicly to the extent that We had the Bar Association that issued a letter condemning my comments for actually having the audacity to question the decisions of judges in the court system. Think about that for just a moment. People within the same profession are saying, how dare you question an entire branch of our government in the decisions that they're making? When that happens and they try to silence my voice, uh, the superintendent's voice, the chief of police's voice, or or the citizen out here, their voice, We've got bigger problems. They are not above reproach. And quite frankly, many of the decisions that our judges are making are atrocious. And we're seeing horrible outcomes that are coming from those. Hence, you see the statements from the, Mary, from the uh, Indiana State Police Superintendent. Listen, remember, guys, this was a, that incident revolved around a person crashing a car and killing three people. Now, you've heard and you've seen ad nauseum. Uh, Marion County elected officials, especially city county councilors coming out of the woodwork, talk, many of which said uh, we need to uh, defund the police or not or not support the police and condemn the police and all these things, but said we need the police to do more aggressive traffic enforcement to, to drive down the numbers of traffic fatalities in our county. Yet when one occurred in here 
and we found that that person then got out on a low bond, those same elected officials have stood silent. Now, listen, we talk about gun violence in the city of Indianapolis. But think about this. A car, a 2,000-pound car is the equivalent of 71,174 bullets. And this person plowed into somebody, as the superintendent said, is alleged to have plowed into this person and removed their car engine from their car, killing this female. And we have decisions coming out of the court system like this with low bonds letting these people out. Now, here's the other interesting point. Today, at the hearing for that suspect, we are told that a request was made for media cameras to be in the courtroom to capture the actions of the court relative to that case. And do you know what the judge did? Denied the ability for the cameras to be in there to capture the decisions that were being made today. Now, in the effort of transparency, what the hell is that? Man, it's a hot mess, and all we can say is thank you to the officers that are out there on the streets doing things right, um, protecting the city, because I pray for these people, man, because... Ryan Mears does not care about them. This is a mayor that's made it perfectly clear. He's fine with throwing police officers under the bus. For anybody that puts on that uniform and goes out on the streets of Marion County right now, if you see these people, tell them thank you. That's exactly right. And guys, remember, as of today, 892 people shot, 169 of those killed in, uh, in 275 days. 892 people shot or stabbed. Guys, that's an average of 32 four people being shot or stabbed every single day and a person being killed every 39 hours. Our officers are not out here operating in the vacuum. They know these these levels of violence better than anybody because they are on the front lines. They're not wearing black robes. They're not hiding behind a judge's bench. They're not hiding in a courtroom free from public scrutiny from media cameras. They're out here with cameras on them doing jobs that we're asking them to do to combat this violence. We not only owe them a debt of gratitude, but we also owe them the ability for due process and a firm, fair, and consistent review of their actions, which are free from political influence. Rick Snyder, President, Fraternal Order of Police, Lodge 86. Rick, we always appreciate your time, your honesty, and as always, tell your officers, the Hammer and Nigel Show, we got their back. Thank you, guys. Please continue to pray for us. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.